Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode. If you are new to the show, I am so, so grateful that you are here. Welcome to the Latina CEO Identity Podcast. Today's episode is actually going to be a replay of an episode that I recorded with my business bestie, Erica Cruz, in her podcast, The Chingona Revolution. And in this episode, we dive in into why everybody needs identity work. As you're listening to the episode, you will probably feel like you are up in a rooftop here in Mexico City with us, just listening in into our conversation, because in all honesty, this is literally what our conversations look like all of the time. When you have friends that are also coaches and that have a growth mindset and that have similar goals and ambitions as you, there is no way we cannot just talk about the deepest things. There are literally no service level conversations with us. And Erica and I were long overdue in recording a podcast episode for both of our podcasts. And before we dive into the episode today, I want to give you a little background into how Erica and I actually met. So Erica is a coach for Latinas, and she is the founder of Courage Driven Latina, where she helps Latinas take action on the life they want to live in 90 days so that they can feel fulfilled. She has been featured in New York Times, Telemundo, and CNN, and she is a podcast host of Chingona Revolution. And I am so honored that you'll get to hear our conversation today because Erica and I actually both quit our jobs during the pandemic, and we had no idea who each of us was. <laughs> we did not know each other, and we actually found each other through a hashtag because when she started her coaching business, she was working as a self-discovery coach and she had founded Purpose Driven Latina, which is now Courage Driven Latina. And I had founded my first ever group program, which was called Latinas Aligned at the time. And that was a six-week group program for Latinas who wanted to embody their highest selves. And I remember finding her through a hashtag and uh, automatically connecting and just supporting each other online. And we actually didn't meet in real life until like probably a year later. And I'm just so grateful that we were able to connect on such an intimate level. After we met in person, she actually ended up joining the same mastermind that I'm a part of now with our coach. And we have done two rounds together, going on three rounds of being in that mastermind. And our friendship has just gotten super strong and we support each other in so many areas of our lives, but also in business and with all of the endeavors that we have that we are working towards. So I'm just so, so honored to have had this conversation with her. And I just know that you're going to take so much away from this conversation. Hi, and welcome to the Latina CEO Identity Podcast, a show for Latinas who want to take the unconventional path. I'm so happy you're here. I'm your host, Liz Fernandez, a first-generation daughter of immigrants and therapist turned multi-six-figure CEO and identity coach. I help Latinas create and claim their identity as booked-out coaches and entrepreneurs. In this show, you will have a space to help you realize just how gifted and extraordinary you already are so that you start tapping into your gifts and start creating your Latina CEO identity. Lista? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Liz. Ah! Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so excited for 
the conversation that we're going to be having today, it's going to be such a good one. So you're in for a treat today because you'll get an insight view at what our conversations literally look like all of the time. I am so excited. I can't wait. Can you please introduce yourself? Tell us like, who is Liz? And maybe, yeah, tell us like what you do now and then give us a little bit of background. Like, where do you come from? What's your family dynamic like? And we'll start from there. Beautiful. I am so excited again to be here. My name is Liz Fernandez. I'm an identity and business coach and a therapist. I help my clients start their coaching businesses and start booking their first four-figure clients so that they can become nine-to-five optional. And I am the founder of Align Coaching, and that is my signature group program that I support clients through. A lot of the clients that I serve are Latinas, and I'm just on a mission to help them become nine-to-five optional. I am originally from Watsonville, California. That is a little little town um, in the Central Coast in California, and I'm the eldest daughter of immigrants. I was born and raised in an agricultural town, so a lot of my upbringing and my story is really centered around the daughter of immigrant farm working experience. I used to migrate with the seasons in my upbringing, so I learned to adapt pretty quickly. That is definitely a survival skill that I developed very early on, and I have lived in California for many years. I just recently moved to Mexico City, and it's part of my story as well. I'm sure you're going to get all the details in this conversation today, but that is my background. That is where I come from, and nothing makes me happier than to be pouring into you all today. So freaking good. Okay, so the first question that I have for you after that amazing introduction and overview of Liz is, okay, this idea of having to migrate with the seasons, first and foremost, like, what does that do to somebody to like have that much change at such a young age? And then secondly, how have you been able to actually use that to help you with your business and your life? Because change is the only constant, right? Like nothing ever stays the same. Seasons don't stay the same. Life doesn't stay the same. Relationships evolve. We evolve. So tell us a little bit about that. Thank you so much for that question. It's such a good one. I don't think a lot of people know that this is like a background, you know, from my upbringing that I hold. And it is very interesting to see it from the lens of like how it relates to my business. And I think that without even knowing it actually through this conversation, I'm realizing that there's a lot of commonalities and similarities that bring those two things together. And, you know, from thinking about my childhood and the experiences that I had in migrating with the seasons, I had to become really good at being okay with change. But I didn't have the terminology to explain that when I was younger, because at that time it was all I knew. So I thought that that was the reality for very many people. And I honestly didn't even know there was a world outside of like the little migrant camp that I used to work in. I didn't know there were stores or groceries, like shops or anything like that. And I remember when we first moved, because we would migrate every six months, I was always a new student at school. I always had to adapt to new personalities, new friends, dealing with the fear of being rejected, of not being liked, right? All of those different fears that come up for you when you are processing change and uncertainty, right? And I was a new student at a new school every like every six months. And it was a difficult transition, but it, I also really embraced it because I saw it as an opportunity to meet new friends, <laughs> to have more fun, right? At, at that young age. And now I see it as just such a strength and such a gift, even though at the time it felt like, 
nobody was going to like me. And at the time I felt like the odd student out and I always had to adapt to the changes that had happened in between from when I would migrate and being back in my normal school. Right. So thinking about it in relation to business, I, I can see how it really was preparing me. My upbringing was without me even knowing it was preparing me for me to start on this entrepreneurship journey and to support my clients through change and through adaptability and for them to be okay to hold space for themselves with those like big, big emotions, because that's exactly what I was doing since I was, since I can remember without even knowing it. So I know Erica really preaches, you know, like everything that happens and comes up for you and experiences in your life always prepares you for where you're going. And that is, this is like a true, true example and testament to that. Because it is really true. And I'm, we're, we can go back to jobs, but I would even challenge you to go back all the way to like your upbringing and see how those specific examples and circumstances that like really challenged you at a very young age have actually supported you to be where you should be right now or the path you're going to be going on. We are like six minutes into this podcast episode and it's already like so many gems. I've gotten chills so many times. You're totally right that we don't realize that things are preparing us for the next steps. And I can't tell you how many people I've heard say, I'm just wasting my time or what, like, you know, why did I go through that relationship or why did I work that job? Or like, why didn't I leave this sooner? And yeah, you're totally, you're totally right. Even from the moment that we, even our childhood is preparing us for like what it is that we will be doing. And I love how you tied that all together. So tell us a little bit about you decided that you wanted to become a therapist and then you went to school. And while you were in school, you started your coaching business. And that's when you and I connected. We connected through a hashtag on Instagram. Tell us a little bit about how that transition happened. How did you, you know, like you decided to become a therapist. And then like, once you were in school, you're like, well, maybe I should do this thing. And then you graduated and you were like, yeah, don't know if I'm going to go the therapy route anymore. So tell us about that. You are all in for such a treat with this one because it is, it is literally like the, the daughter of immigrants, like worst fear, right? And sometimes I can't even believe I did this. I really have to like ground myself in the decisions I've made, but I, I always have made unconventional decisions. And when I think back to this experience and when I decided to go this route, I always wanted to be a life coach. I knew in my heart that I wanted to get paid to talk to people, to serve people, and to hold space for people. And this actually goes back to when I was like five years old. My mom would always ask me, ¿Qué quieres ser cuando seas grande? And I would tell her, yo quiero que me paguen porque quiero ayudar a las personas, pero nada más quiero platicar con ellas. And she would laugh at me and she would say, girl, like, you need to get a job. Like, adulthood is going to come to you really crazy, really fast, right? Before you know it. Why aren't you a teacher instead? You're you're really good at school, right? And this goes all the way back to when I was little. So I always knew in my heart that I was meant to serve people through like through speaking and through holding space for them. I didn't know in what capacity. So when I went to school, I thought I wanted to be a social worker and I had that very clear. But then I got accepted to my major as an undeclared major instead of into the actual major because it was impacted. So I ended up majoring in sociology and specializing in human interaction with a double minor in Mexican-American studies and Spanish. I decided to take a year off school and to save for a car because, you know, my carrito was like always, <laughs> always siempre me fallaba. But all that to say that like I kept putting off starting as a coach, even though I knew I wanted to be a coach since I was in college. 
And because I kept telling myself, I'll be ready when I graduate from school because then I'll have more time. You know, I'll be ready when I have enough money saved for a car because that's my biggest priority right now, right? No me quiero quedar en la calle all the time when I'm driving to work conferences. I, I'll be ready when I finish, like I apply to grad school and have more information and I know more about myself and I know how to help people and I have more tools. So I go to grad school. I decide that I want to be a therapist. I attended Santa Clara University and I did my degree in marriage family therapy It's one of the top universities in the nation. And I was really thinking I was going to be a therapist for the rest of my life. And when I was in grad school, I did a lot of personal development because that's essentially what the program really is. And it really brings up a lot of aspects of your shadow self. So I realized that like therapy was something that I love, but I didn't necessarily see myself doing it for the rest of my life. And I, I knew I didn't want to work for an agency for the rest of my life. So when I was in grad school... I decided that I wanted to like start exploring this whole idea of becoming a coach and then the pandemic hit. And in that moment, I was already burnt out. I had just experienced my abuelito passing. I was in a really, really dark place and I knew there had to be a better way. I knew that I wanted to hold space for myself and grieve my, my, like my loved one and never have to ask for time off at work ever again. And it took me being in a very desperate space to make the decision to finally invest in myself. So at the time when I invested, I thought I was going to be supporting people through like building my online brand. And then once I graduated, I was going to be a therapist and I was going to have all these people like wanting to work with me. Things went the completely different route. I, I decided to be a life coach for uh, for Latinas. And I was also a self-discovery coach, which is how I, I actually met Erica through that hashtag. And Everything just unfolded after that. And with that process, my business just blew up with the very little information I had and that with that one investment that I had made in myself because I committed myself to finding a way or making a way. And I knew and had the belief that there was no way things were going to fail as long as I didn't give up. So my business blew up and I decided that I no longer wanted to just be a therapist that I now identified as a coach. And this could be a whole different avenue for a career without the gatekeeping system. Because to be a therapist, it takes like seven years. And it's like a very difficult process. There's a lot of gatekeeping that happens in the process. So that is how I decided to go full time in my business. And I decided that my therapy background was actually going to support me in my coaching world and add to my coaching world rather than see it as something that like I had given up on or that wasn't right. Like, because when you go to school for something, you're destined to like work there and have that be your career for the rest of your life. And of course I had all of the people asking me questions. My mom was one of them. All of our family was like, si te estás recibiendo con esta, con esta certificación, ¿por qué ya no vas a hacer ese trabajo, right? But it took me choosing courage, so I'm brand for Erica, choosing courage to actually choose what I actually wanted to do. And in my heart, I knew that, that I was always going to be a therapist no matter what. And I was going to take that with me everywhere that I went. I love it. Okay, so... I know, like, I was there for a lot of this. So tell us a little bit about people's thoughts about your investment. Because I remember you used your uh, stimulus check during the pandemic to make your first investment. Tell us about that. Like, what were your thoughts? What were other people telling you? This is such a good question. I was getting all of the limiting belief 
like thoughts from everyone around me. I actually didn't tell that many people because I was being very protective of my decision because I knew that if I was already questioning myself and somebody else questioned me, I was only going to like not make the right decision for myself. So I actually used my stimulus check to pay for my first coaching investment. And keep in mind, the pandemic was like, it had just happened. And one of my closest friends at the time actually told me, you know, you shouldn't invest it because we don't know what's going to happen with like the economy. We don't know if we're going to lose our jobs. I was also in a, in a relationship at the time. And my partner at the time wasn't very supportive of the idea because his perception of social media and like what people think of people that are on social media, right? Like, que te crees bien mucho, que you're very self-centered, que you just want all the attention, right? Like all of those thoughts are what he had about people on social media. So of course he was a huge influence in like in my life at the time. And I remember mentioning it to him and, you know, he was also a little resistant to the idea of me doing it, but I'm an independent person. It's my money. So I'm going to do whatever I want with it. So I decided that I was no longer, it all, it only took those two comments and my mom being like, pero por qué ahorra tu dinerito? Like you just know, don't know what's going to happen. It took them and their comments to me for me to decide that I was going to actually do the complete opposite because I'm also a rebel and I don't like people telling me what to do. So I decided that like the worst that could happen is that I lost those $1,500 and that's the worst that could happen. And I was going to make the way back because I was going to continue to work and I was going to figure it out. So I decided to invest and it was scary because these people's opinions really mattered to me and I couldn't understand why they couldn't hold me to that standard of like, it's going to be okay. I support you. And what I quickly realized was that I didn't need them to support me because I was going to have my own back in the process. And I can't believe that version of me had that type of decision making because it was absolutely terrifying. Very on brand for you to be on the Chingona Revolution podcast as a rebel. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right about like, we, we're all human, right? We care what people think we do. But I think it was very wise of you to not publicly share this and to be selective with who you shared it. And I think your higher self just knew like something is on the other side for you from this. So yeah, we're all really happy that you made the investment or else you probably wouldn't be sitting here today. So um, I also remember the first time you and I met in San Jose, California, we met at Santana Row, we went to a Barry's bootcamp class. And that's when you told me that you were going to leave your job. And that's also when you told me that you were joining Dale's Mastermind. And that's why I joined. And then like, that was like the beginning of our in-person friendship. And look at us now we're in Mexico City. But tell us a little bit about that other like courageous decision to leave your job. Yes. And I actually have to give a huge, huge, just appreciation to Erica, because I do remember messaging her as soon as I like was going to hit send on that, like resigning message. And I'm like, I did it. Girl, I did it. And the first, she was the first person that I told, and she messaged me and said, welcome to the nine to five, to the like a full entrepreneurship life. And it, it was just so beautiful to have her support in the process. Cause she had recently also left her nine to job, like a few months prior. And it was the hardest, one of the hardest decisions to make, because even though I had the reserve saved, I still didn't feel ready, right? And I kept telling myself, I kept making excuses for myself. I kept worrying and fearing, like, what about the insurance? I'm not going to have benefits, right? Because corporate America and just like you know, the traditional nine to five roles, 
Like that's the dream they sell you, right? Like you should want to work in an office that's a nine to five. You should want a job that gives you all these benefits. What are you going to do without them, right? Like that's what gives you that safety. And those things were really internalized in my brain. So it literally took me about six months to actually like pull the bandaid off. But it only happened because one, Erica showed me what was possible. And I started seeing other Latinas that were also pulling, like taking that bandaid off. And I was like, if they can do it, like I can do it too. And I have a year's worth of savings. And no, like everybody has a different number for when they decide to leave, right? This is why like you work with a coach that supports you in that process that is going to help you feel safe in your decision. But the biggest part is having your own back in the process. And it was really, really difficult. I talked, I spun out about it a bunch of times and it actually took my coach at the now and at the time DL to tell me, okay, then don't quit. Find all the reasons why you're not going to quit. And I was like, I can't think of any. So I decided, and I was mad at her because I was like, how dare she tell me that she should be telling me to leave. And I was really upset for like a week. And then I was like, who are you mad at? You're mad at yourself because you can't make that decision. So make the decision and have your back in the process and we're going to suck it up. And then I I think I told my mom, like, mom, I'm going to leave my job. And she's like, ¿Cómo que vas a dejar el trabajo, mija? ¿Y de qué vas a vivir, right? So I, I she knew um, at this time that I had already, you know, sent clients and things were going well in my business. And all it took for her was to say, mija, do what you have to do, like, you can come back and live with me if you need to, whatever that is, like we support you. Right. But like, I was very blessed for her to be at that point of her life to be able to hold that space for me. After that, I knew I was going to be okay. I don't know how things were going to happen, but I knew I was going to be okay. That's actually how I decided it. Actually, fun fact, that week that I decided to quit my job. I had just moved into a brand new apartment in the Silicon Valley by myself. And I had invested like $10,000 with my coach DL that same week. And my mind was going to like, how are you going to quit your job? You just signed a new lease for a whole entire year. How are you going to pay $2,500 of rent by yourself and invest $10,000 and like leave your job, right? Like these were very big life-changing decisions, but I always, always try my best when I am having a hard time making a decision. I always try my best to make a decision from the highest version of myself because I know that the current version of myself is really, really scared. So she can't make good decisions, but the highest version can. So that was my process in leaving my nine to five. So much good stuff here. Okay. I want to come back to the higher self thing because I want to talk about identity. But before we go there, I wanted to talk about how You know, I think people that are listening, they obviously know my story. They know how my mom reacted when I told her I was leaving a six-figure tech job, similar to your mom. She was just like, have you lost your mind? Are you crazy? Like, this is what you've worked for. But then she was like, well, I trust you. Like, you you know what you're doing, right? Like, and all it took was that, like, permission, that slight permission to go after it and get it. But I think people might assume that we make the decision and then we pull the trigger. But the truth is, it's like a tug of war, right? Like, we go back and forth for a while before we actually make the decision. And that's a part of the process. I think people, as they hear me talk about courage, they're like, oh, yeah, you just, like, go for it. It's like, no. Like, I recently went cliff jumping and I got close to the cliff, like, three times before I actually did it. And it took like community, it took community to help me do it, right? Just like 
how you and I have supported each other through so many courageous moves and, and decisions. Like even cliff jumping, I had my friends, my my cousins, my primas, they were down on the boat, like filming me, like cheering me on. And one of my cousins literally was like, hey, don't you say that courage means you're afraid, but you do it anyways. So she totally like called me out and then I finally jumped. But anyways, like the back and forth, it's the same with like our life decisions. I also wanted to mention for those of you who are listening and you're like, I just don't know what I want to do. I'm going to challenge that. Like, you know, it's just sometimes we're really afraid to even say it. So just like Liz said that ever since she was young, she would tell her mom, I'm going to get paid to like talk to people and help people. My mom told me like maybe a few weeks ago, she was like, yeah, when you were five, you used to tell me que tú ibas a apoyar a las Latinas and that was going to be your job. And I was like, what? She's like, yeah, you were like five or six. And I was like, I do not remember that. So I'm saying all of this to say, if you find yourself in this really stuck place, maybe ask your parents, like, what did you say? Because when you're a child, that fear of failure isn't there, right? That optimism is there. And um, so would you agree with that, Liz? Before we jump into identity, I'll give you a chance to chime in. Absolutely. I love how you tied all of that together because it is so true. And sometimes you don't even remember the things that you say. I happen to have a really good memory when it comes to those pieces that I do remember because I would fight my mom on it when she would tell me like, no, you're not going to do that. You need to be a teacher or like those like normal girls that you hear about. But it is so true, right? And I love the piece that you mentioned around, you know, how we don't have the fear when we're little, right? Think about where we are when we're little. And that is the most authentic version of yourself that you will ever be. And then society comes through and then the fears come through and then projections come, right? And then it, it makes you doubt yourself. But that that's even a challenge in itself, right? Like tune into what your five-year-old version of you wanted to do and how fearless she was and how courageous she was and how much she didn't care about what people thought about her, right? So we all have that inner child within us and it is just so powerful. And I also love the fact that you said, you know, that back and forth dance because it's true. So many people think that like, we just make a courageous decision. Y como le hace? She must like be a freaking superhuman or something, but it's not true. Like we have our hard ass days. We will literally cry in bed for a week to each other and say, Hey, like I'm having such a difficult time with this one thing. And Remind me who I am because I'm forgetting right now, right? But like these decisions don't just happen. We are making little decisions along the way that support us in making this big decision. I want you to see it like the heart rate monitor. Yeah, that's literally the process. Yeah, if we let you look at our group chat, (laughs) you will see in our WhatsApp chat all of the doubts that we experience on a daily basis, right? It's not like one decision. It's like making the brave decisions and showing up as like this higher version of yourself every single day. So with that being said, I remember, I think it might've been around this time last year when we were in DL's mastermind and it was the live event. It was virtual. And we both happened to be in Mexico. You were in Mexico city and I was in Puerto Vallarta. We're identifying like, what's our skill going to be? Like, how is it that we are going to help people? And that was when I came up with courage And yours was identity, which like at the, I think at the moment I was like, oh, identity is cool. But like, as time has gone on, I'm realizing like, oh, wow. Like we all need identity work. Like it's the first step in doing anything that you want to do. And just like when I asked myself, like, what was that? What would the highest version of myself do? Like that in itself is identity work. And like the way that I see myself now is very different than before. And if I could pinpoint, you know, like one big thing, it would be identity that has helped make that transition. So tell us a little bit about 
why you chose identity. Why is identity important? Like, give us the spiel as if we've never heard of identity work. This is my brain and butter. Like, I freaking love it so much. And I I love how you stated that identity is at the core of everything that we are, right? Because we we all have one that we identify with, like who we are as a person, right? But sometimes that's very surface level because it, we are very complex as humans and we carry many different intersectionalities. And I love what you mentioned, you know, about how throughout the seasons of your life, you will carry different ones. And you can also hold multiple ones is what I really want to shed light on. Sometimes we think that, oh my God, if I'm in this career, then that's the identity that we hold. And we make that job be the only job and the only thing that we identify with. And no wonder we grieve like losing a job, right? No wonder we grieve like being a student when we are in school. Of course, because these are very like deep parts of ourselves. And something that I want to just like start off with when it comes to identity work is this whole idea of, again, we go back to our childhood. We go back to like what we give ourselves permission to identify with. And I think, you know, as I think back to like my childhood, there was many times when I was like reprimanded when I would try to do things like lemonade stands. Like I remember being grounded and like I would have these like crazy ideas and my parents were like, what is she doing? And like I'd get in so much trouble So I think like as a child, I was pretty much told like I couldn't be an entrepreneur. Like now that I look back, I'm like, oh, that was little Erica knowing that she was meant to be an entrepreneur. But because again, I told myself the stories of I'm not good at math. I'm not really good at like organization. Like I can't really be a business owner because I don't, I'm not good at that stuff. Like I was preventing myself from stepping into that identity because society had told me otherwise. And because I was choosing to believe that. And I think That's why working with a coach is so important and having a solid community is so important because I don't think either of us would be where we are without our community and without the mentorship and coaching that we've gotten. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I also want to come back to uh, the initial question that you asked me of like why I chose identity and why I chose that as a skill. And I think about it and it's like I was doing identity work my whole entire life without even realizing it. Right. And sometimes we don't have the the words to describe all of the amazing things that we're doing and all of the amazing things we've created because we don't have the terminology for it. But that doesn't mean we're not amazing. That doesn't mean that we like don't have a gift to share with the world. And very often, you know, we minimize the things that we've done and the things that we've gone through because we're always focused on like, well, I survived this. Let's see what's next. I let's just go to see what's next, what's coming, what's next that we fail to realize everything else that we've already created when it comes to our identities and the people that we are evolved, like we've evolved into. And at the core, you are, I want you to know that you are a really good as human being. And why don't you take that? Stop, like, stop thinking about all of the things that society tells you and focus on like, I am a really good person. How am I already a really good person? And like, how is that part of my identity already? And how can I use that and pour it into and infuse it into all of these other things that I want to create in this world, right? So just to bring us back to this whole idea of identity, I just think it's it's such powerful work. And again, like no matter what industry you're in, you're going to have to do this identity work. Totally. And, you know, as you have this pen, if you like write something and you don't like it, you have the power to scratch that shit out too. <laughs> you have the power to turn the page. Like the everything, all the chicken scratch or scratched out things from the past don't define who you are and who you are becoming. 
So with all of that being said, being that identity is one of these main things that you work on and you are currently enrolling for your group program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Tell us like what it is, who it's for and when you're closing. Yes. Thank you so much, Erica. I currently have the doors open for my group coaching program, Aligned Coaching. And this program is for you. If you know that you want to start your coaching business, you want to become a coach, you don't know where to start. You have no idea what type of coach you want to be, who you want to serve and all the things, but you know, deep in your heart that you're feeling called to something bigger and to serve in a different way, right? Despite the current career that you're in right now, I help you inside to identify all of those strengths and to create this whole new identity inside of the group so that you can start signing your first four figure clients and become nine to five optional in the process. Because at the end of the day, that is my biggest mission in this world is to help more Latinas become nine to five optional. This doesn't mean that you will never be in a nine to five or that you don't want to, because what if you love your job, right? But it means it gets to be optional. The day that you get burnt out, the day that you are ready for something new, you have the tools to create an income for yourself and for your family and to break these generational ceilings. So that is essentially what I do inside of Align Coaching. It's currently open for enrollment. By the time that you're listening to this episode this Friday, uh, 11-11, November 11th. So no point intended there, but yes. <laughs> and I'm excited. I'm excited for this round. This is the sixth cohort that we are opening up for enrollment in the last one this year. So I would love to see you inside if any of this resonated with you today. And thank you so much, Erica, for the opportunity um, because I know that so many of your audience uh, and listeners uh, today would really benefit from this. So thank you so much for gifting them with that too. Ah, of course. And we're not done. I still have a solid ass question to ask you. Okay, Liz, I want to know in the last 12 months, what is one of the most courageous things you've done? How have you led with courage? And remember, courage means that it's scary, but you do it anyways. And because you know that by doing it, it's going to be fulfilling and you know that you want what's on the other side of it, even though it's scary. So what is one thing, or maybe give us two, that has been courageous? Ooh, I love this question. It is so good. Ooh, okay. So the first thing I would say is leaving a five-year relationship that was unhealthy with a narcissist. And overcoming that while still running my business and still choosing me, saying yes to myself, that was one of the most courageous things that I did. Because if anybody is familiar with this type of relationship, you are walking on eggshells, questioning your own reality, and there's a trauma bond in place. And it is really, really, really difficult. So if you've ever been in that place or you're currently in one now, I just offer that you like seek support. And it was really, really courageous for me to do. The second thing was moving to Mexico city. That was the biggest, the biggest courageous thing ever, like leaving to a different country, putting everything in storage and deciding to just turn the page uh, on my book. And I'm just so grateful for Erica and Mariela and the support that they gave me to make that decision because y'all heard what we were doing about the like little dance back and forth and how it's not a linear process. Yeah, y'all should see the the conversations that we had around that time. And I'm going on six months of being here and I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm a totally different person. And again, it was very a very unconventional decision. A lot of people were upset about it. I lost, I had like a friend breakup and I, you know, ended a, a relationship. So the most beautiful part of my story is still being written and it gets to be here. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, and I'm just so honored that I get to share this part of my journey with Erica 
and just the Latinas in our group that like just really know my story and with you all today. So really it was it was coming to Mexico City and deciding to just close that chapter in San Jose, California and choosing me and coming to live here to Mexico City, a whole new country, despite everybody else's opinions. The most beautiful part of my story is still being written. That like literally brought tears to my eyes. And I just want everybody to borrow that thought and practice it every single day. Because that's true for every single one of us. Oh my goodness, Liz. This, I knew it was going to be such an epic conversation. And we kept it, we kept it on time, girl, because we have a nail appointment to get to. We're going to go walk five minutes to get our nails done. And then Liz is going to walk our mastermind through a workshop, which I'm so excited for. But this was such a powerful, amazing conversation. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for just like, always being there for me and like hosting me so well here in Mexico city and like the most beautiful parts of our story are still being written. Ah, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I don't even know where that came from, but see, someone was speaking through me. You needed to hear this message today. And I truly, truly believe that the most beautiful part of your story is still being written. How would you carry yourself if you knew that was the case? So let's get to this appointment, Erica. Thank you so much. I am so excited for all of you to, you know, just take everything that you took from today's episode and to actually apply it to your life. And hopefully you had a lot of perspective shifts. I'm so grateful for this opportunity and to have had an opportunity to pour into you all today. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful. Wait, Liz, where can people find you? We should share that. It's going to be in the show notes. But And then also, you have a freaking podcast. Why haven't we talked about you having a podcast? <laughs> I always forget to mention. So, <laughs> Liz and I are sitting in front of one another trying to figure out these mics. So if you hear some echoes, that's what's going on. I always forget to mention my podcast. So we're, that's why I was like, wait. Okay, so tell us, like, where can people find you? Give us the podcast name, and then we'll put everything down below in the show notes for you all. And then, um, And then we'll log off right after that. Yes, beautiful. Yes, we're trying to figure out this mic situation. Y'all should see us. It's hilarious. But yes, I am the host of the Latina CEO Identity Podcast. And it's an, it's a show for Latinas that want to choose the unconventional path and whether it's career, life and all the things. And it's you can find it on any any podcast platform. And you can find me on Instagram at Life with Liz. That's L-I-F-E-W-I-T-H-H-L-I-Z. Yes, there are two H's. My handle was taken, so it's Life with Liz, and that's where you can find me. Enrollment is currently open, so you can click the link in my bio and just contact me or message me or DM me with any questions. And again, if you took anything away from this episode, tag us, share it, and we can't wait to like repost it and see everything that you took away from today's episode. We love hearing from you. If you took value from this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. This will help other Latina CEOs find us. And if you're excited about this podcast, I invite you to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Life with Liz. That is L-I-F-E-W-I-T-H-H-L-I-Z. Mil gracias por estar aquí and I'll see you in the next episode.